0: What is up everyone, it's Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be talking about five players that have kind of underperformed to start off the fantasy football season. And I've seen some people start to panic if they have these players rostered. All these guys were picked pretty early on in fantasy football drafts. So since they've underperformed early on, people are starting to freak out. Maybe they wanna trade these players, maybe they wanna cut these players, maybe they wanna bench them. I'm just gonna be going through maybe why these players are struggling, talking about whether or not I think this is gonna continue. Are they going to bounce back should you try to buy low on them should you cut them should you bench them really what should you do with these players at this point point? and even if you don't roster any of these players there could be an opportunity to buy low on these guys or maybe even pick one of them up off of waivers so let's just jump right into it i think we have to start off here with derrick henry he was pretty much locked in as like a round two pick for fantasy football he's currently the running back 26 in points per game at 11 and a half ppr points per game And I feel like the overall concern for Derrick Henry coming into the season was whether or not he'd regress as a player and then would he be able to handle another huge workload. So even if he had that huge workload, if he fell off, his efficiency really dipped, he really may not have paid off at the price he was being drafted at. And then the other concern was he's handled such a large workload over the last like four ish seasons. And he's really only had like one season where he missed a significant amount of time. So, would that workload catch up on him? Would he suffer some injuries and obviously, you know, not be able to fill into your fantasy football lineup? Now, through three weeks, it looks like Derrick Henry may be starting to fall off while also not operating as a workhorse. So, pretty much like worst case scenario here with Derrick Henry it has only been three weeks so it is a small sample size but he's barely in the positives for rushing yards over expected in 2019 and 2020 he was top three in the nfl and rushing yards over expected per attempt in 2021 and 2022 his efficiency did start to slip from those 2019 and 2020 numbers but he was still solid here in 2023 through three games he has slipped even farther now from even those uh 2021 and 2022 metrics through three games, Tajay Spears has outsnapped Derrick Henry in two of them from 2019 to 2022. So, four seasons. One of those was like a half season, but so like three and a half seasons of Derrick Henry out on the field. He had two total games in those three and a half seasons with under a 50% snap share. He has had two of those through three games here in 2023. So that is a glaring, glaring concern. He still has a solid workload on the ground, 17 carries a game, but that's still a drop-off from the locked-in 20-plus carry-per-game workload he had, all the way from 2019 to 2022 this is also a really rough offensive line at this point in the season and just an offense that doesn't look great ryan tannehill has not performed well through three weeks derrick henry hasn't been a guy who's super involved as a pass catcher so he relies on efficiency he's going to rely on a huge workload and he's going to rely on touchdowns those touchdown opportunities haven't been there because this offense hasn't been great his efficiency has fallen off And even that huge workload isn't necessarily as locked in as I think pretty much everyone thought it was heading into this season. Since the elite running back landscape at this point is still pretty gross, he may still be considered like a top 12 running back, but I definitely don't think you can feel good if you draft him in round one or round two. It's tough to really like gauge whether or not you can trade him. If someone thinks this is just like a slow start, maybe they're not locked in on the usage because his overall workload is still solid. You know, like the carries per game, it's a fine number. If people aren't digging in, seeing Tajay Spears eating into that workload, then yeah, you could try to trade him. Um, if you can get like a mid-tier RB1 option, I would totally be flipping Derrick Henry. If someone wants to buy him based on his previous season production, that would be awesome. I'm um, a guy I'm about to talk about, Josh Jacobs. If you can get Josh Jacobs for Derrick Henry, I would take Jacobs pretty easily. He's actually averaging less points per game, so you probably could be able to pull that off. So if you can sell him, I would look to sell Derrick Henry. I don't think this is a spot where he's like unusable. Obviously, you're still going to fire him up as like a fringe running back one, but I definitely think if you picked him in the first or second round, it's got to be stinging at this point. Just mentioned him. Next player here is going to be Josh Jacobs, and I am significantly less concerned about Josh Jacobs than I am about Derrick Henry. To be totally honest, I really wasn't high on Josh Jacobs heading into the season, but it's not because I was predicting some sort of bad start. Um, I actually was concerned that since his contract isn't like locked up long-term, he's going to be hitting free agency. This is only a one-year deal. I thought that since the Raiders probably weren't going to be in the playoff picture, that he would end up wrapping his season up early, right? Because if he has a strong season, he's 12, 13 games in, he's showed himself, You know, he put out a nice showing, the team's not in the playoff picture. Why is he going to go out there for like those last few games of the season, potentially risk injury, which could just, you know, totally light up his future of getting a big contract in free agency. So that was my concern heading into the season. But if that wasn't a factor, I would have felt great picking him in the second round, which is pretty much where he ended up going anyway. Through three games, he is the running back 31 at 10 PPR points per game. I think there have been two kind of glaring issues here for Josh Jacobs. The first one is just that he hasn't scored a touchdown it's just very unlucky for a running back who's handling as much of a workload and playing as many snaps as he is to have not gotten into the end zone that's just fluky at this point his rushing efficiency has also been really rough like i said the touchdown thing is unlucky this is not like a roll thing where he's losing out on goal line carries to a backup he is still locked in getting that workhorse role. He just hasn't gotten into the end zone. Those touchdowns should come throughout the season. Then when we're looking at the efficiency, it's possible his efficiency falls off as a whole this season and he ends up kind of being an inefficient workhorse, but he's currently at 2.4 yards per carry, which is just like impossibly low. That is bound to go up. He'll probably be in like the four plus yards per carry area, probably at a minimum, um, if we're being honest here. Like I said, his workload's still really strong 82% opportunity share, which is fifth in the NFL. His receiving usage and production has been solid. Uh, 14 targets through three games. That's sixth for running backs. Um, He's third in receiving yards, seventh in target share, fifth in yards per reception, and then fourth in yards per run. So that receiving production is solid. He just needs to get into the end zone. The workload is totally fine. If he's on the field, I'm still firing him up as like a mid tier RB1. And it's also possible that my initial concern about him packing the season up early may start to be fading away because that was kind of banking on him, stacking some impressive performances, and then, you know, just walking away. At this point, he's going to need some games to probably like reclaim what his value was heading into the season. So Josh Jacobs, much less concerned about him than I am about Derrick Henry. And if I could get him straight up for Henry, I would definitely be interested in doing that. Now the next player, it's going to be a wide receiver. It's T. Higgins. He is currently the wide receiver forty-four at eleven PPR points per game. Very underwhelming considering he was being drafted as like a high-end uh, wide receiver two. Could have even been drafted as a top twelve guy in your uh, fantasy drafts. And I feel like there are two different concerns going around with T. Higgins. The first one is just the injury to Joe Burrow, and then the second one is that like. Maybe T. Higgins' role is off. Is he falling off a little bit? He's had two rough performances in three weeks. Like, is he going to be less involved moving forward after he had a uh, tough Monday night game? To start off with the Joe Burrow injury concern. I think that concern is 100% reasonable. Joe Burrow is clearly nowhere close to 100%. And I also don't know if this is a situation where he's going to like get to 100% at some point. If he's consistently playing through this injury, is it ever going to heal all the way, you know, during the regular season, he may just be toughing it out playing at 75% of his power throughout most of the season, which is obviously not going to be good for T Higgins. And if I was drafting a fantasy team today, like there's no shot, I'm taking T Higgins as a high end wide receiver too. I would have taken him there heading into the season, but with Joe Burrow's injury lingering, he's definitely not going there. So I think some concern is definitely reasonable But I also think the concern has nothing to do with T. Higgins as an individual player. It just has to do with the injury to Joe Burrow. Week one for T. Higgins, he put up a goose egg. The entire Bengals offense was terrible. Chase was also bad. Burrow was bad. Mixon didn't really do anything. But he was still targeted eight times. So the volume was there. Then week two, he completely bounces back. Eight for 89, 12 targets, two touchdowns, monster game. People think he's back. He's locked in. You know, He's going to be a high-end wide receiver too. Then in week three on Monday night football, he goes two for 21. So not a great day, still had eight targets, but he had at least a couple of uh, pretty bad drops in that game. And you probably had a lot of people playing fantasy watching that game because it was a uh, Monday night football. And it's obviously frustrating when a player is just leaving points out there with drops, but I'm really not worried about like T Higgins, the player, these games happen. Some players are gonna have bad games. They're gonna have drops. I think it, people in general and for fantasy football, they really overrate drops and like the effect of them. I really only think they're a big deal when a player doesn't have like a locked in role. Like say you have some sort of like fringe running back who's just getting on the field. Maybe you like him as like a late season breakout. If he's getting out there for 15 snaps and he drops a pass or two in that game, that's probably really gonna hurt him in the long term. Same thing with like a wide receiver three but T. Higgins has a very, very established role in this offense. A couple of drops isn't gonna remove him from being the wide receiver two in this offense. And it's also not gonna make Joe Burrow like not throw to him or not look his way. That whole argument is like completely insane. Joe Burrow is not gonna be going through his reads, see, oh look, T. Higgins is open, and then think back to last Monday night. Oh, he dropped two passes, not gonna rip it. That's just not how it works. So I would not be concerned about T. Higgins as the player. Um, I still think he's a wide receiver two, but he's definitely not a high end um, wide receiver two option. So probably kind of play in the middle on that one. Just my concern is more locked in on Burrow compared to uh, T Higgins. Now shifting over to the tight end position, we're gonna be talking about Darren Waller here. He's currently the tight end 10 uh, with 8.4 PPR points per game. I was really high on Waller heading into the season. And there's no doubt that through three weeks, his production has been disappointing. But i'm really not panicking at all on darren waller here we have to look at the context of those three games two of those games the giants were just destroyed by two of the best defenses in the nfl week one against the cowboys they put up zero points so tough to produce when your team doesn't get on the board week two they score 12 points against the 49ers so if two of your games you're scoring 12 combined points it's going to be tough for those weapons to produce for fantasy football waller is still fourth in targets fourth in average depth of target. He's second in air yards and second in air yards chair. And then he's third in unrealized air yards. So he's commanding volume. He's commanding volume down the field. That is the usage of a tight end who has high end tight end one upside. They have a much softer matchup this week going up against the Seahawks. I'm really not worried about Darren Waller. The only thing that I'd be concerned about is like the hamstring flaring up again. Like that's a legit concern. But two of those three games are just like really tough game scripts to play in as a weapon so i still think uh, darren Waller is a great option moving forward i would feel comfortable firing him up into my lineup and i do still think he has a high end tight end upside this season and then the fifth and final player here the only quarterback we're talking about it's going to be justin fields and i've talked about him in depth a little bit like in a few other videos Um, and i do think some concern here is warranted his production has not been up to par but i do think people are kind of going overboard here with uh, how much they're panicking on Justin Fields. Fields was my quarterback five heading into the season, so I was very high on him. I loved his upside. Through three weeks, he is currently the quarterback 22 in points per game, which is definitely brutal, no doubt about it. Um, And there's definitely no shot that if we redrafted today, he'd be picked in the same area. Like that would not happen. His value has definitely fallen off. But I've seen people talking about just like flat out dropping Justin Fields In 2022, Justin Fields finished the season as the quarterback five in points per game. In the first three games of the season, he scored 27.3 points under 10 PPR or just under 10 points per game. That's 12.6 fewer points than he has through three games this season. So he had a mid-tier quarterback one finish last year, and he was worse through the first three weeks last season. Fields was able to right the ship in 2022, and that was with a significantly worse supporting cast. The O-line was worse. The wide receivers were terrible. He has DJ Moore. Donnell Mooney's healthy. Chase Claypool, I guess whatever that's uh, bringing to the offense, even though he was there uh, towards the end of last season. So there are definitely reasons to be concerned about Justin Fields, but talking about dropping him, in my opinion, is crazy. He needs to stay on rosters. Like you going out and making a statement by dropping Justin Fields because he's been bad for three weeks and going and picking up like a Matthew Stafford, that's just not helping your fantasy team. You probably spent round five, round six, pick on Justin Fields, and you're just completely throwing away any sort of upside you could get out of him to just like, you know, put a mid-tier QB2 on your roster. I don't think it makes sense. If you want to go out and get like a QB2, CJ Stroud type guy. I know Jordan Love just played, but like someone like that, I think that's fair if you do have some long-term concerns with Justin Fields, but he does need to stay on your roster because he just has some upside you're not going to find on the waiver wire for the quarterback position. So those are going to be some of the uh, you know players maybe we should be panicking on, maybe we shouldn't. Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, T. Higgins, Darren Waller, and Justin Fields. It seems like for most of these, some concern is reasonable, but full-blown panic is probably not the best route. I think Henry's probably the guy I'm most concerned about just because everything seems to be going wrong for him this season. So that's going to wrap it up for this one. If you guys enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. As always, thank you for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.